What's going on, everybody? We are the Cine Fanatics. You are watching the tagline. That is the show where the tagline is the title. It's Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Welcome to our channel. We are glad that you are here. Uh, once again, if you are used to this channel, this may be a different setup than what you're currently used to. That's because, once again, we have a guest on the tagline tonight. Uh, so right off the bat, I would like to give a warm Cine Fanatics welcome to Mr. Sean Chandler. There he is. Hello. Hey. Glad to have you here, man. Uh, glad to be here. I'm looking forward to talk movies and whatever you want to talk about. All right. Okay, good, because we're going to talk about your best Home Depot trip. <laughs> My or best Home Depot trip. Oh. <laughs> mm, let me, oh, I was going to have to think, think about that one. Uh, I, I got some good ones. I mean, they're all about buying paint and lawn equipment and nothing interesting happens but they're amazing stories that's how all good stories start right there paint and lawn equipment mm -hmm. oh yeah most definitely so the great thing is is that normally uh well i say normally but we've only had like really one guest on this show before and he lives in california so we've had to do this but under normal circumstances you're actually right in the same city we are so we yep. could actually physically have you with us if if we were doing like like a regular right, setup like right down the road yeah yep right down the road um problem is, is that there's a thing going on in the world right now something happened in the world we actually got together the three of us in what was that january to chick-fil-a was that and the had lunch January, and everything yeah. and talked and it feels like that was 10 years ago but it was literally like two months ago that it happened yeah. but then yeah the world shut down and so uh um, but here we are, we're getting to talk again, so it's all good. Speaking of which, uh, I, I've noticed that you've uh, recently shaved off your quarantine beard. You, I quitter. did, I did. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't even mean to start growing it, and then I was like, ah, whatever, I think I'm just gonna, let's see what happens if I don't shave for two months. And then I got to that point in time where I'm like, if I keep going, if I get to three months and it just get, it goes full duck dynasty, then I'm just, I feel I'll be so invested in having the beard that I can't get rid of it. So I'm just going to set a date. Did you lose me? Uh, it's, I lose getting, you? it's getting a little choppy. Oh, did, did you hear about my Duck beard Dynasty and why beard. I cut it? Yeah, so I, I thought if I went that far, I'd get too invested and then I wouldn't want wouldn't, to wouldn't cut it. So um, that's what happened. Yeah. So, like we were saying, uh, typically we would we probably would have set this up and just have you actually like join us at our normal regular table because I mean, again, you're not that far away. We could have set this up physically in person, uh, but unfortunately, there is still kind of like some social distancing. We still kind of sort of need to be doing still. Um, and even though me and my brother live together, which I mean, that's fine, even though that's a little weird sometimes too. Uh, we know that you still have like, you have a wife, you have kids. Let's just be safe and just make sure we all are still distanced away. There it is. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where the sound was coming from. I found it. <laughs> um, so yeah, therefore we are doing the, the stream yard set up here. So yeah. Um, so real quick at the top of this, uh, as always, like on a lot of our shows, uh, we want to ask the people in the chat who are joining us uh, to send in your questions. You can send in questions to the Streamlabs up here above my head. The links are also down in the description. 
you can also send in super chat if you like. Uh, we do prefer Streamlabs just because super chat YouTube takes like thirty percent out of that. Streamlabs no one takes really anything out of that. So uh, you can submit questions. We will be answering those throughout this throughout this show as we go. Um, we do have a lot of new people in the chat, and I have a feeling that Sean is the one who brought them over. <laughs> so um, the community tab post right before this to try and uh, get liven things up a little bit. So nice. Uh, so we can have some uh, fun. So all the new people in the chat that we haven't seen. Uh, I mean, I can quickly go through. Uh, Majestic Demon was here like right at the very beginning, ready for this to go. Um, there's someone called Sean Chandler talks about. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> teenage critic Jace. Uh, the whack of whackful world of Jeremiah Hicks, uh, like uh, Galactic Film 64, all new people. Um, so welcome to our stream. Glad that you're here. Uh, we also have people that we've seen before. Jake Alcaveta, uh, Danny Koss, uh, Garth McMurray. Uh, glad y'all are all here as well. And oh, Lucas, Josh, I don't see if I'm missing anyone. <laughs> yeah. I say Lucas was here also. So yeah, mm -hmm. we got, a, got a packed house tonight. I'm excited. Um, What's uh what's first up on the agenda? Uh so first up is uh basically we just kind of wanted to I guess kind of get an introdu introduction to Sean. Uh Sean, you've been doing YouTube movie talk on YouTube for a good couple of years now. Uh I know you said like uh it was like a couple of years ago was when you decided to take it full time. I'm curious as to like what really got you into wanting to jump into YouTube. Yeah, so I have always just kind of been the person that likes to put my ideas out there. Going back 20 years to the late 90s, I uh, had a members.aol.com movie website, and the, the my homepage was like a deleted scene from Star Wars. And this was back in the day when deleted scenes were a lot more interesting than they are now because we didn't have DVDs or we were just starting to get DVDs. So deleted scenes were like a scene that we didn't know about. And then I had a Jackie Chan fan page and, you know, I was always the guy commenting on blogs, IMDB message boards and everything. So around 10 years ago, when all kind of the, the icons of the YouTube space started out, I started to discover some of them with you know, the, uh, uh, you know, Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman, uh, John Campia. And then when Honest Trailers came about, all that stuff. So I was watching it. And then, you know, I like so many people went, I could do that. And so then in 2013, posted a couple videos and <laughs> just terrible. Took six months off, posted a couple more videos. Terrible. Put, took a couple, six months off or whatever, post a couple more videos, slightly less terrible. And so for about three years, I did this start stop thing. And then summer 2016, that new Ghostbusters movie came out. Ooh. And I, I had like totally moderate feelings about it. Like I was not in either one of the camps of like, you guys are sexist for not liking it. And I wasn't in the camp of like, this movie ruined my childhood. I was like, yeah. okay, a mediocre blockbuster film that entertained me enough. Um, certainly doesn't live up to the original, but you know, not a total abomination. And so I just tried to post this very mundane review for it. And I was like, oh yeah, I've got that YouTube channel. I guess I'll post it on there. Ooh, and, um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it got like 10 views. Eight of them were my mom and two of them were me clicking the refresh button. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I stuck with it. Like I've done, you know, like at this point in time, I had 16, 17 years of starting and stopping and failing at these things. So I, I assumed I was going to do it for like another week or two and be like, all right, that wasn't, that was cool. Uh, let's move on to something else. But for whatever reason, summer 2016, it kind of stuck. 
maybe one of the things that helped is two weeks into it, Star Trek Beyond came out and I was like, oh, I've read some like blogs where they like rank movies. What if I tried that? And so I ranked the Star Trek movies and it ended up getting like 2000 views in my first you know, two weeks of really doing this deal. I was like, wow, like people actually click on this when I use YouTube. I better stick with this. And, you know, then my next video had eight views. And once again, seven were my mom and the other one was my wife. And but I still stuck with it just enough that, um, well, here we are today. So pretty cool. Nice. Uh, the way life works out sometimes. I, I feel very lucky on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, I know like we we've just came up with the idea of like starting this channel as well. Uh, mainly my brother runs a video production company here in Austin. Um, and so we decided this is kind of like a side project and like, I, I think we pretty much hit the ground running on this and we quickly learned like kind of the same thing. We have our videos that we made like way back when that were like, yep, this mm -hmm. sucks. Let's, we, we, you figure out how to improve as you go on. Yep. And yeah. I think having those videos are probably, those are the most crucial videos ever. Like if you don't have those videos that look like complete crap, that look like you're, you just don't know what you're doing, those mm -hmm. are the videos that are what's going to build up your ability to do videos that you do look like you know what you're doing eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, so definitely like those. Yeah. That's why people ask me all the time, like, hey, I put up one video. Can you watch it? Give me a bunch of feedback. Tell me how to improve it. I'm like – I mean, I could, I just don't think that would be helpful because mm -hmm. your first stuff is going to be your worst stuff. Like come back to me two months, three months, four months from now when you've stuck with it and learn from yourself, learn what you like to do, learn what you're good and bad at. Like you have to figure you out before I can help you figure you out. And, um, but yeah, I mean, having a bunch of those ones where I just, you know, I, I like uh, some of my videos, I was like, I'm going to be just like Jeremy Johns. And so like every 10 seconds there was a cut and, you know, I'm trying to be funny and it was like, uh, this probably isn't a good idea. It's just trying to find my own personality. And I tried to, you know, all the different stuff, it failed it a bunch of it. And then eventually kind of figured out my own little style and persona. Yeah. That's definitely like how it works. Um, I know like one of the things that we've found here is that since we have a brother dynamic, we're able to fire off at each other like siblings would. And we've heard feedback that a lot of people tend to like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. Oh God. That was a bit delayed, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, you have some fun. You can have some fun with that. It's uh, a lot of people tend to like that. They're like, I don't know if it reminds them their, their own siblings or, or what, but uh like to like to give him some uh some hard times every now and then well it's like whenever I, i'm able to have my wife join for like a q a like she doesn't want to be on camera but she'll be on the other side of the camera for like a q a and just kind of have that family dynamic that that normal organic kind of joking around of two people that obviously spend a lot of time around each other always has a really nice dynamic to it when you could do that so I wish it, I wish it, I wish I could convince her to come on a lot more often. But you know, when you have three kids, especially now that we're all stuck at home, if both of us are in here, something crazy goes is going on on the other side of that door. For sure. Um, you know what's funny? I actually want to bring up the side note real quick. Uh, your opinion of Ghostbusters in 2016 is exactly my opinion too. It was a lot better than it had any right to be, but it also wasn't stellar. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of one of those ones that it's like this could have been so much worse. Even with like they did all this improv stuff, yeah. Um, in it that you know like why would you go so improv with like and I know that's what Paul Feig does and that's what he did on The Office, but does it really fit this property? Yeah. But 
you know, at the same time, you know, for being a Ghostbusters movie, it should have been a lot better, but. Well, yeah. with the, the comedic talent you had in that movie, I mean, Melissa McCarthy is known pretty much for improving everything. I think yeah. that's what they did with uh, Bridesmaids, also. Mm-hmm. Paul Feig, mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, I know like that whole scene with her and her husband as the air marshal on the plane, that was completely like improvised by her. So her like hoisting her leg up on yeah. that way, just yeah. Well, and uh, that's what, and I think that's what we even kind of those misfires that it seems like a good idea at some point in time, like, oh, who's had some great comedies that kind of blend genres? Oh, Paul Feig has done that. But then you go, wait a minute, but what works about his movies is this thing that doesn't, the improv thing, I don't think will translate to, like, remaking Ghostbusters. And, like, the, the my my daughter loves the remake because um, it's kind of scary and has girls in it. And the, we, the version we have is the d- director's cut. And so it's 15 minutes longer all improvised scenes, and I think there's four more dance numbers. And it's not like that's not a joke that I'm making. I think there's four more dance numbers. Like, and it's just, it's just like them on the side of the road. Like, how do you think that guy dances? I bet he dances like this. And you're like, what is this? Why is this in a yeah. Ghostbusters movie? Yeah. So with you being uh, already very well established in the YouTube community, what's some things that you've seen that you like and don't like about being a YouTuber? Um, I, I, I mean, the, the answer I pretty well always give right off the bat is, is for both is, is people. <laughs> um, there, I, every single day I have people messages me with just the most encouraging, kindest words. Um, Every day I have people messaging me saying I'm an inspiration. I they I, they want to they got into movies because of me or uh, I always recommend the movie Warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton from oh. nine years ago, and uh, that's like my go-to movie recommendation. And so um, and I put it in a my best of the decade list as well as my favorites list that I both put out in January. So yep. in almost virtually every day of January, February, and March, someone messaged me saying, "Hey, I checked out Warrior because you recommended it, and I loved it." And that's just that's really cool. <laughs> Um, and gonna, you know, by the way, you're going to fit in with the schmo down real well with that opinion. Yes, <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, and so then I, um, and then likewise, I know all the people that inspired me to start on YouTube. And once again, almost daily, someone messages me to say like, Hey, you inspired me to start a YouTube channel. That's really, really cool. And then once it's been neat, um, right now, specifically with all of us locked at home, I, I'm having a lot of moms and dads messaging me saying, Hey, can you shoot like a little quick little happy birthday video for my kid. And so every time they do that, I just I say yes to everyone. Uh-huh. And um, I'll be like, what do they like? What can you give me something to like riff on for a few minutes? And they'll tell me like, hey, they're really into Disney Plus or they're really into Marvel. That's two super common ones. So I'll just riff for 10 minutes and then I send them the video and they almost always like film their kid like, hey, son, there's a new video from Sean Chandler movies talks about and the parent mispronounces it and they're so giddy and <laughs> then they film their kid like push play and their kid's like what are you doing mom and they push play on it and they start watching it and it kicks off and like hey we got a special video today it's just for you ken and then the kid's like what is is this real and like, I, this is weird what what's going on and then they're just like glued to it and then you know, the parent message sends me the video and everything like did you this they said this was their best video or best birthday ever and it's like pretty cool to be able to take this really odd window of time we're in right now, uh, being stuck in our homes and everything shut down and there's no new movies, and get to be able to 
make it a better day for someone. All I have to, I just literally sit here and riff for five minutes and it just makes someone's birthday awesome. That's really cool. But the other side to it is the people. <laughs> it's the negative ones, the people. And if, you know, 95%, 98% are great or it's 90% are great, 5% are pretty awkward. And then 5% are just toxic people that just don't know how to, um, deal with the fact that other people have different opinions or people that just, um, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. I I have always tried really hard to be very active in my, um, comment section as long as I could be until there's just too much there. I'm very active on Twitter, very active on Instagram. And I really do like respond to my DMS. People constantly like, well, you actually responded like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Like I read them and I try to respond to every, everybody if I can. And, um, but that also makes me accessible to all the people that are cruel mean-spirited uh-huh. and everything else and to get to the good to, while reading the good comments you find the people that are just kind of mean and um that can be really frustrating that um you know people people being cruel to people of course so and I, I still haven't i'm not the best at, i take the bait every time especially on twitter and for, for whatever reason on twitter i take the bait every time and i get into these debates with people and it's like why am i doing this again i've had this exact stupid debate every time and i never convinced them and they're still confused why I'm not watching Game of Thrones, and they still think I should check it out like <laughs> every time. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I know, like when we again back when when we started this channel, we're like, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put up with these people and some of the comments that they could have. Mm-hmm. So one of the I I know one of the ideas that we had right off the bat was have fun with people in the comment section. People are yeah. gonna are are there. You are gonna have the people that are be like, hey, this is awesome. Good job. Keep up the work awesome love those comments could read those comments all day but then you're going to get the ones that are either they're going to say something bad they're going to say something toxic or they just might be just complete trolls i know uh quick insight to us uh one of our big ones because uh since both me and my brother are related and apparently really big front teeth are in our genes so we get a lot of the – we've had a lot of the comments of like, yeah, I don't like you guys' teeth. <laughs> and so we're having fun with these people like, well, yeah, we don't like our teeth either. What else do we have in common? Do you like food? Do you like having good gas mileage on a vehicle? I mean, let's let's hang out. You seem like a good person. Like, Yeah. So just having fun with the people in the chat, that's one of the things I know that we enjoyed with, with doing that. Mm-hmm. But we knew going in that that's something you're going to have to face and deal with. And that was just a good way of addressing right. it head on. Wait, and that's, I've, I've had somewhere um, people just like, hey, you're a complete idiot. How could you believe that? Think that. And I respond like, really? That's, that's an interesting perspective. Why do you feel that way? And they're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like a huge fan of your content. Like, I, I love your videos. Watch them every single day. I didn't think you'd read this. He, <laughs> my brother just had one, something like that. Where yeah. someone was kind of possibly trolling on him for some reason, yeah. and they actually respond. They're like, "Oh man, I didn't think you were going to oh. respond. I'm sorry. You're awesome." Have yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things is that uh, apparently I bear a resemblance to somebody named Alex Damon over on Star Wars Explained, mm. who competes in the Schmodown. He does. He, uh, he currently holds the Star Wars title for the uh, Schmodown right now. But apparently, I bear some resemblance to him, and so I constantly getting people going. You look like the uh, twin or whatever of Alex Damon, and I always respond with, "I get that all the time. I I consider that a compliment." And the person responded with, "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait, oh no, wait, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I hope you, 
I hope you do great and whatever you do. I'm like, have a nice day. Have I re have we already reached the point where people are like, oh, you're on the internet? Yeah. I take it back immediately. Like I'm a real person. What? That's right. What's 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 interesting is the one that I've started to like process more through kind of through my kids is that people under a specific age interpret YouTubers very differently than the way that I do. Um, and they don't really have a, like a concept that like to my kids, YouTubers are, are to the television. They watch YouTube, um, as much as they watch Netflix or anything else. And so their favorite YouTubers are their TV stars. So like this one channel that my daughter follows wild adventure girls, they're, um, in Dallas, right down the road from us. And you know, they're like 10,000 subscribers. So it's a really decent size for a group of kids. You know, it's, it's like three girls under age of 10, um, but in the scheme of things, 10,000, it's not like they're super famous rolling in the dough, like, you know, anything fancy or anything like that. Um, but to my my daughter, they're just as famous as anyone on television. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start thinking through from the, that perspective of the way that so many people and the, the demographic, obviously, for YouTube is young. And so then a lot of people message me all the time. What's it like to be famous? Well, it feels an awful lot like it did before I was famous. I still live <laughs> in the same house, still walk my kids to school, still drive the same car, still make about the same amount of money. I just work for myself now. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting, like the, the, the perception of fame in the year uh, 2020 and how it's niche, niche fame. Because like at my, the movie theater I go to, I've never once been recognized at the movie theater I go to. But if I go to a Comic Con, about every thirty minutes, someone will call go call me up on something. If I go to a live stream on anyone's in the movie spaces live stream and just start commenting, people are like Sean Chandler's in here, and it's like on the internet in the movie space, people know who I am, and that still surprises me. Like I'm still like, oh, people know who I am. Um, it, it's weird because my day to day life hasn't changed at all. Um, I, I'm trying to. I have a podcast now, so I'm trying to get some people that I've been watching for a long time on there. So like I just on the, out of the blue message, Jeremy John's like, Hey, would you like, I'm a YouTuber been doing this for a little while. He responds back. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I know who you are. I've watched some of your videos. Like oh, <laughs> Jeremy John's knows who I am. Um, yeah. And it still um, surprises me. Even the interaction I'm sure we'll talk about later on about the, the, the Schmodown stuff. It, when all that the tweet stuff went down, I was like, what? This, this happened so fast. Yeah. Um, and so it's still very surprising, but it's that weird internet fame thing of the way things work now and how you really can have these little pockets of the universe where you have specific fame. I know when we first got this stuff, this channel started uh, right down the road from us is, uh, is an Alamo draft house. So we were going there to watch a lot of the movies. Well, that also happened to be the same Alamo draft house that uh, angry Joe, angry Joe. Yeah. That he, he tends mm -hmm. to visit a lot. So we ran into him quite a few times because we were also going to these movies, like the opening night, the later, the later showing of it. So we'd run into him uh, and we've talked to him a couple of times and there's like, we're sitting there talking to him and like every five seconds, like some kids walking up going, oh, are you angry Joe? And I'm like, yeah, we're the son of fanatics. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, angry Joe obviously is like over 3 oh, million. Yeah, subscribers. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's well high up there. Uh, he gets recognized I, at HEB at the grocery store. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I, by chance, I went to high school with him. Like, I don't know him. Interesting. Um, but like we both went to, to Westwood high school. 
Um, and I'm a few years older than him. So he was a freshman when I was a senior. I only figured this out like a year or so ago. It was like, oh, he's from, I heard everybody say he, he lives in the area. He yeah. went to that Alamo draft house you're talking about. And, and then people said, yeah, he lives in the same area. He's always been. I was like, wait, I bet he went to the same high school as me. And so I just looked, just started searching it up and we, we did, we went to the same high school. He's in my senior yearbook. That's and awesome. so I see, I see him at some of the press screenings. I, I've been meaning at some point in time to, to talk to him, but I'm a pretty shy person. So. Uh, he actually isn't in very many of the press screenings, which has been surprising to me. Yeah. I think I've only seen him at three or four. Yeah. One of them being Bloodshot, the last movie I saw in the theater before the world same, shut down. Same with us. That was our last movie as well. So uh, A I'm classic to it. Like, if it's the last to ever see, good <laughs> thing we ended on such a memorable film. God. So <laughs> no. one out of the park. <laughs> Well, if it's a really small park and there wasn't very high yes. expectations for how this park was built, then absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> what I love about the YouTube space, though, is like what we're talking about is like now you see like YouTubers who started on their own, built their own brand and everything. They're becoming famous. They're becoming celebrities. But now YouTube has grown so much where you see who we consider actual celebrities jumping in and making YouTube mm -hmm. videos all the time. Yeah. Like I just started watching a couple of uh, Kevin James. He's doing a YouTube channel now, and he's got he's got some hilarious videos. Is it the, is the it one those where he's what, the one the boom mic? Yeah, the boom mic ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the sound guy on the movie sets? Yeah, those are absolutely fantastic. Uh, what was there was the one where uh, he he put himself in the Joker movie when Joker's doing the dancing in the bathroom and that Kevin James is sitting in the stall with the boom mic ready to go and he's like oh Joker's in here and then he just quickly holds up the boom mic all awkward it, hilarious like that that was like I saw these and I'm like really this is Paul Blart who's doing this this is some fantastic stuff here <laughs> like it's really good quality so. Yeah, I think it's probably back to this whole like do, ha, everyone having to do quarantine. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at uh, was it John Krasinski did that some good news and then quickly sold it off. Opinions about that aside, uh, but I know that was a major point of contention. But uh, like all all these celebrities are jumping in as well, so it's nice to see such growth here. Well, um, and even on and just like the one that's been interesting just during quarantine is that they're all sitting at home, so they're just like doing interviews with with people on um over skype and everything like that so like the guy that uh i do my podcast with uh he, he just lined up an interview with uh uh jason isaacs and right. he almost like he i don't know if i'm gonna be on the interview or not but he almost like did it today he's like oh I'm a, i might have to interview him in two hours and it was literally he's just Jason Isaac's sitting at home being like, oh, I guess I'll do some interviews. And so he just told his publisher, just put my name out there to all these people. And they're just saying yes, because they're just sitting there. Wow. And like I, I interviewed the director from Extraction, the new Chris Hemsworth movie. That's Chris Evans's uh, stunt double last week because he's just sitting at home. And so he's just doing interviews all the time. And so it's pretty cool. And then just like in a different field, like Kevin Hart is making his rounds of all like the famous YouTube podcaster people. And mm -hmm. he's been on all these different guys that, that I follow. And like it's they're realizing that you know YouTube is this space for for everyone. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, Want to jump into the next subject, but real quick, uh, going over to Streamlabs, uh, we got Majestic Demon uh, with the three dollars Streamlab saying, obviously we won't see this anytime soon, but what do you think? Or but do you think we will ever see a film gross three billion? Here, the honest answer, probably the once the world is completely back to normal and everyone's okay, whatever that first major movie is in, 
that will be three billion because everyone will go to the theater. That was when they should have released Cats. Oh. Uh, I mean, will a movie the best movie ever? Will a movie ever hit three billion? I mean, of course, some of that's just the nature of things. There's constantly an inflation, but it's not. It's it's like these weird spikes that I mean, you can just look at it. It's every ten years there's one of these crazy spikes. And then everything else starts to catch up 10, 15 years later. But, you know, 20 years ago, huge spike for Titanic. And then 10 years after that, huge spike, Avatar. And then Endgame, not a huge a huge spike compared to everything else. But, you know, does this to Avatar by just a, a little bit. Something will do it again. Who knows what? Who knows why? They're trying to predict which one will do that. Endgame's like the only one that you could have predicted that kind of numbers. Um, and that's it. Like, that's... 10 years of buildup. They just got really good stuff that people seem to connect with. Everything else is who knows what is going to happen. Well, it's kind of interesting as you brought up, like, uh, you know, you you can almost pinpoint like in hindsight, obviously what, what did it and why it's doing it. Like obviously in game had that buildup of the MCU over the course of, you know, those 10 plus years. So it's, everyone's been going to the theaters, following along every big movie. It felt, episodic like a tv show and mm-hmm. it's a big it's a big cultural event we all feel excited for it prior to that you had avatar which in under any other circumstance i would say why did that why did that make as much money as it did but if you look in hindsight one it had no competition around it when it came out and then two it it kind of ushered in that 3d craze for a while where mm-hmm. It was if you go see Avatar, you go see it in 3D because that's how you're mm-hmm. supposed to experience this movie. And so those those raised those ticket prices up so much. And so you see why that one hit that hit that number. Titanic is just a really good movie. <laughs> I can't kind of uh, and, and it and it it's, it's weird because like the way that you, you can't really program it, but those movies that just happen to catch a demographic, like my wife, she is one of those. Uh, middle school girls that went to go see Titanic five, six, seven times is the only movie that she went to go see for you know four months straight. How did it stay at number one so long? My wife, like yeah. she, like, <laughs> and um, it just kind of caught on to it. And then you know if you want to see a big disaster movie, but then it also you know Oscar category. I mean all this kind of stuff that uh, it the right movie at the right time that got the right discussion. It's it's interesting, but you can't predict it beforehand. You can't prepackage these deals, and every time they try to, doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, even up until the moment it happened, people were questioning whether Endgame was even going to hit that hit that yeah highest grossing of all time number. Did mm-hmm. it? And now, now I half expect Disney's going to be re releasing Avatar at some point, and that's going to take it back over again. And then they'll be like, "Well, let's have some fun with this because we can. Let's re release Endgame again." Yeah. I, I would love it if they did that. They just started competing with themselves and played it dead serious. Like, no, we just think artistically speaking, we should release this. And they just keep for like a year straight re-releasing them just to top one another. It'd be hilarious. So uh, one of the, the things we like to do, uh, we just recently started, I think, within the past couple of weeks or so. Um, but just briefly quickly going into like what movies over the past week have you seen now typically like the two of us do it since last tuesday what have you watched something new what did you think and feel about it um unfortunately i think both of us have been really busy uh i've I've only got caught up on one movie and that was uh the dead zone 
David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone with Christopher Walken, um, which I thought was, eh, it was all right. <laughs> a bit of a slow, slow starter, but not bad. I'm a big David Cronenberg. I like horror movies. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fairly decent. Uh, Chris. I, I uh, caught up on the uh, trailer for Tenet, which felt like a cinematic experience to me. So that's that's about just it. having a new trailer was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I, I was kind of reserved about whether or not I want to be doing a trailer reaction to some of these uh, like the Netflix movies that were coming out, like the trailer for Extraction or uh, what's that one with David Spade and Lauren Lapkus in it? Like the wrong Missy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, The wrong Missy. That That's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately uh, so i like lauren lapkus but i don't know how that movie's going to do and apparently it's gotten reviews it's, on rotten tomatoes it's bad it is really bad um i mean it's one of these happy madison netflix movies yeah. just, by by definition those are bad movies <laughs> poor happy madison at some point in time became terrible so I, I'm doing a video with the four other guys, or four of us are doing the same video called 31 on 31 this next Sunday, May 31st. 31 action movies from seven different action movie, iconic action movie franchises, all ranked. And so basically kind of a talking about ranking the best of the best action movies. So I've been watching the Mission Impossible movies, Rambo movies, and then because of John Wick movies. And then the Muppet movies, not on that list, but because my daughter just discovered the Muppet babies and therefore wanted to watch the original movie. So it had nothing to do with the other thing, but I decided to just transition straight <laughs> in there. Uh, and then because I've just been watching all of these action movies, I've just been in the mood for more bad action movies. And so then I also watched Best of the Best 1 and 2. And then I've been going through a bunch of Van Damme tournament fighters. So, of course, Bloodsport, Bloodsport. Kickboxer. And then mm -hmm. the one he directed, The Quest, which is no good. <laughs> yeah. So you've done all that in the past week? I, I don't know exactly how far back that <laughs> goes. But I, I've been very – oh, I, I actually forgot Lethal Weapon movies were in there too. I don't know exactly where the line is from this week and the week before that. Um, but like time yeah, is I'm, a construct at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Like I, I have no clue when some of this happened. Um Oh, and I watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire right before we did this. Like, I was watching the clock. When you guys texted me, we, like, stopped the movie and I ran upstairs. Um, but, yeah, I'm, you know, That's, since I talk movies on YouTube for a living, I just watch movies all the time. <laughs> yeah, so what are you doing today? Well, I'm going to sit at home on my couch and work. Yes. What are you That's watching? watching Harry Potter. That's what people ask me. Like, how many hours do you work per day? Um... 20? 17 hours <laughs> like really seven wow that you're so hungry i mean i am but uh, you know i just counted six hours of watching <laughs> playing video games i was uh, binging uncharted so i counted that in there because i'm gonna rank that so me defining work is a little bit interesting <laughs> that's a that's about the same boat i'm about to have to be in because i uh I haven't been like the biggest fan of the harry potter movies but i do want to go back and rewatch them again because it's been like probably a better part of a decade since I've watched any of them. So I want to go back and like go through marathon through all the Harry Potter movies again, see if maybe my taste has changed since then. Also because I want to, you know, kind of refreshen up my movie trivia knowledge in terms of uh, Harry Potter and some of those, uh, some of those really deep fandom movies and stuff like that. So I'm about to have to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to push myself through that as well here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so going back over to Streamlabs real quick, uh, Garth McMurray uh, put a dollar in saying, Sean, you said you love Warrior earlier, and I see a Wonder Woman poster behind you. Um, movie trivia. How does the Wonder Woman movie connect to Warrior? Uh, um, and we have the answer, so this isn't going to go like unanswered here. That's some handy trivia right there. Um, I don't know what your answer is going to be on this particular one. Off the top of my head, you caught me off guard. What is the official answer? So, uh, was it Sam Sheridan in Warrior is the husband of director Patty Jenkins? Yeah. Oh, okay. That one I wouldn't have gotten. That's yeah. fascinating. That that is a the deep cut trivia. I was going through like what cast members, who did the score. So going through all those ones, I was like, I would not have got, guessed that. Gone in that direction. Uh, so moving on to uh, the actual movie news, um, because we need to talk movies now. Um, so <laughs> going in, the what? See what you did there. Oh yeah. Uh, so jumping into this, uh, so James Mangold has been confirmed to be directing Indiana five. Uh, we touched upon this in our very, very first, uh, tagline video, like what, 13 weeks ago or so now. Well, this uh, is tagline episode number 13. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we touched upon this when it was like, I guess, heavily rumored and we went into detail why we think this would be good or bad, but now it's actually been confirmed. Uh, Sean, what do you think of this? as him directing an Indiana Jones movie, taking the reins from Spielberg. I, I it, the whole project just feels bizarre to me um, because Harrison Ford was born in 1942, which case he turned 78 this year. They're still working on the script. So I just don't know what that is. And I guess if they were to like propose it is James Mangold, Loganifies Indiana Jones, I might go, all right, I mean, that's a risk. I don't know if I hate that or love that, but that's interesting at least. Um, but when they just say Indiana Jones and it seemed like they were just trying to like, let's do another good old fashioned adventure with this very old man. That's weird. <laughs> like the, the, the escapism, the fantasy of Indiana Jones is this handsome man in his prime. That's when called into action can succeed. And in his prime, he just happened to be battling Nazis you move that forward 40 years. What is he doing in the seventies? Like, I don't, it's just where I just don't know exactly what this movie is. Um, that's where it's, it's just bizarre to me. <laughs> You're like, watch out Indiana. You'll break a hip. Yeah. So, see, I can kind of see, see the direction it can go in. If you, uh, if you take like, maybe like Sean Connery's role in, uh, last crusade and you, uh, you kind of, you kind of put Indy in that position and then you also kind of give it the tone and flavor of, say, Ford v. Ferrari. That that I can see happening since uh, since Mangold directed that one as well. That I can see it working out. I don't. I definitely don't know if I'm on board for like a Logan fied, <laughs> Logan fied indie. That that would be that would be very strange. It's like wow, we just went R rated and uh, he, yeah, I don't know if that would He's work. He's dying of cancer at the end. He's, <laughs> he has to sacrifice himself to, as a blood offering. So that they can get the artifact in. I think the, this uh, is amazing. This is a great idea. I better send James Mangold an email about this. I've got right. some ideas for him. I think the best part of this, though, is that uh, you still have Spielberg on as like a producer, so you still have his flavor in there. He's uh, he's not going to be completely off project, which I think is is going to help out a whole lot. 
Woohoo, yeah. more aliens. It is, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another piece of director news. What else we got? Uh, it was announced, I guess, today that Scott Derrickson is going to be directing a Labyrinth sequel. I mean, I, 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 I see where they're going with that idea, especially given uh, his directing of Doctor Strange. Yeah, and since he's uh, since he's off of Doctor Strange too, now he's got that he's got that time to be able to jump in there and do something like that. I mean, you look at you look at Derrickson's work, you look at the stuff he's done, especially Doctor Strange, and you think, all right, let's do this in the world of the labyrinth. That could be pretty good. Yeah. So I'll, um, we all have those movies that we should have seen and haven't. I haven't seen Labyrinth, um, so I can't really chime in too much on this one. My one kind of thought angle on this one is I got the vibe that he was he was rubbing shoulders with the the Disney machine a good bit. Mm-hmm. That was my impression of why he probably stepped away and some of the tweets that he was making about. He always kind of seems like a very opinionated kind of guy. Yeah, and. Um, so the idea of him stepping in on another existing property without knowing the property felt weird to me. Yeah. Um, it's just because of like the whole like dreamscape of Labyrinth. Uh, and I agree. I, I, I've seen Labyrinth. I haven't seen Dark Crystal. So there's also that that I feel like I should have been caught up on at least one of those Muppet movies already as well. Um, I have seen neither of the Muppet movies. Those yeah. ones. I've seen the other ones. All of them this last week with my daughter because I'm watching action movies. Uh, but I, I I could see where they're going with that as long as they continue kind of like the visual, some of the visuals that they did in Doctor Strange, uh, especially like the parts where he got pulled into like that uh, that Jack Kirby esque world uh, with the ancient one. Uh, that would look really good. Doing some of those kind of visuals in the labyrinth type world might be really good. It might be, it might be a good take. At the same time, though, I would actually also kind of like to see Sam Raimi do a labyrinth movie. It's the same. It's the same field. I mean, you got Sam Raimi who's who's jumping in and doing Doctor Strange two now. So yeah. you're you're not you're not getting too far there. Um, I like this. We we'll bring this up real quick. AJ Lancaster says, hot take, Dicker Montgomery for Goblin King. I don't think that's as hot a take as he might think. I mean, there's there's a couple of good choices in there, like say maybe like a Jared Leto type, but I actually would not mind this at all, especially if they want to like take him from a little bit younger than say uh, how old Bowie was in the original. Well, the thing also the thing was uh, they got Bowie for being a musician because mm-hmm. uh, Bowie did sing in that movie. So I don't know if Dr. Montgomery is a singer. I'm not sure either, but I mean, if you look at, say you look at him, like in his, what work he's done with like stranger, stranger things, you know, that I, I can see it happening. That, I still Power think Ranger. that you do, you do have like Jared Leto as probably the top, the top get for that right now. Cause he can, I mean, mm. you know, he is, he does do the sing. He does do the weird kind of out there roles. So yeah, that might be a good, a good pick too. Um, I still, my brain always has a hard time remembering that Jared Leto is both of those people. Yeah. And, and like on paper, any, you give me a quiz, I'll never get the question wrong. Like I know he's the singer for 30 Seconds to Mars. I own several of their CDs, but I still, my brain cannot comprehend the two careers running parallel to each other at the same time. Yeah. 
I think that might that might actually work. I like I like that pick as well. Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go they, with Jared Leto too, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he looks like he'd be a good replacement for David Bowie. There's the wonderful uh, thing about this channel is that you don't you don't get any judgment for what movies you have seen or haven't seen here because I run a I partly run a channel called Cinefanatics and there's some movies on my list that I should have seen already. So I, I, I just watched Casablanca for the first time like a couple of months ago or whatever. So yep, it happens. Um, David Ayer is apparently going to potentially be working on a cut of uh, his director's cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah, so this is something that's uh, over this last week we've seen that obviously with the Snyder cut now being of Justice League now being announced and it's actually going to be happening. It's a thing over the past couple years that finally has happened. We're looking at this the situation where these hashtags are out here and people are on the internet thinking, hey, we're putting out these hashtags. These things are... Uh, are, are taken over. They're actually making things happen. So now you see uh, one that has already kind of been going in, in light of the Zack Snyder one. Also, you see the release, the air cut for suicide squad and air has been talking very, very, uh, very much about this on Twitter lately and kind of giving his thoughts on it uh, saying that's definitely, I mean, it's it sounds like it's possible. Yeah. So what what is it that he might have to add to to this, given like how much did the studio really control? So I mean, all the rumors are that he had his cut, and then they saw his cut, and based off what the the way people responded to the trailer, and then they saw the movie, they went, mm, "Let's have the trailer people come in and do their own cut on it too." Uh-huh. And so then the movie turned into something very different that was very jarring and. But at the same time, the the raw bones of what is there feels like I don't know how much better it can be because mm. it wasn't like with the Snyder cut, like legitimately he wanted to do this epic that was this big and then it was going to be this big. And then what was released was this big and it was reshot this much. And so it's like legitimately two thirds of Snyder's ideas were cut um, and then it was replaced by. 25% of something. I mean, it's a very bizarre hodgepodge where the air cut, it feels a lot more like this is legitimately they, he shot his movie and then people reshuffled the pieces around to make it more like a music video and to put more, you know, uh, uh, soundtrack character development into it. Um, so I, I'm, fa- I'm always fast. I love this stuff. Like mm-hmm. whenever the Richard Donner cut came out of Superman two, I just ate that up. So inherently, I'm on board just because I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm more optimistic that Snyder Cut will make for a more interesting thing to exist that legitimately is very different, whereas I feel like this will be a remix. A very different remix, but a remix of the same thing. For sure. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm seeing is that, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people talk to David Ayer and he's saying, it exists, it's out there. Mm-hmm. It's needs a little bit more visual effects work done on it, but it's already, it's already pretty much there. It's already pretty much done. And it's that, that does get my interest because suicide squad is one of those movies that I thought was, was entertaining for what it was. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, it's not one I'm going to like run back to all the time, but it in, in what we got was, was, was an entertaining movie. Uh, I would, 
I'm on board with always seeing what a director's vision, if a right. specific vision, I'm on board with seeing that vision to completion, which that, which is the thing. Cause like I could live, I could continue living just fine. If we never got the Snyder cut, if we don't get the air cut and that's fine. But at the same time, like now that the possibility for these things is out mm-hmm. there, I'm like, okay, well I kind of, I kind of do want to see it. Yeah. Well, it, it makes you curious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like even I, as of like three, four days ago, someone asked me, do you think it's possible we'll see the air cut of Suicide Squad? I was like, absolutely not. And, but I was basing that off of the way he would kind of played ball for the last few years because he's very active on Twitter. And he's been like, yeah, we had some frustrations. Yeah, I probably should have used Joker as the main. He's been very open about this stuff. But as soon as they announced the Snyder cut, the tone of what he said was very different. And immediately he started tweeting what you just said of like, Oh yeah, it's it's almost done except for a little bit of visual effects work. Like we could get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he tweeted that, I went, "Yeah, I'm on board. Sign me up." My my brain is like the tone of what this from what I saw from him before in this. I, I want to see this thing, uh, just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm not thinking this is gonna mm-hmm. change my opinion too much on it, but I am so curious as to what he really wanted to make versus. Oh, I don't know what was going on with Warner brothers in 2016, 2017 to where they were just, you know, way too many cooks in the kitchen and they were trying to manufacture things, what, whatever it was. I mean, very bad decision. I mean, just, just on a basic level, Zack Snyder shoots a movie and they went, mm, okay, he's stepping down. It seems like they wanted him out and they used his family trauma or uh, tragedy to, as a justification. And they went, yeah. okay, who can continue with what he did that like can finish this? This guy, Joss Whedon, because he's done a team-up movie before that was successful. No concern about actual matching tone. No concern for like, is it a good fit? Does it make sense? Will it feel like literally two different cooks were in the kitchen that are into two different styles of cooking? Then yeah, who cares about any of that? Oh, and I need the runtime to be under two hours. So the runtime for the movie is literally an hour and 59 minutes in 59 seconds. <laughs> like, uh, like, I, I would love a documentary, actually. The, more so than the Snyder Cut, more so than the Air Cut. I want a documentary on what on earth was going on behind the scenes with WB at that point in time. Even, like, even on the press tour for the way back, Ben Affleck's like, oh, man, I love making Batman be Superman. And then uh, somewhere along the way, I lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you, but I believe it happened because some whatever crazy weird thing went down throughout 2016 that just would scorched earth on your interest in working with them on these superhero movies. Like he literally said, oh man, I just had the fondest memories working on Batman v Superman. Nothing kind to say about Justice League. Nothing. See, I, I'm on board with them. I, I agreed. I'm on board with them doing a documentary about that because I think that would have the potential to be up there with like Hearts of Darkness, the documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. And just that that movie was just plagued with issues. Mm-hmm. And that documentary did very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Justice League one could probably be up there with it. <laughs> Look, if they want to continue doing this thing where they uh, where they kind of like copy all the things that Disney does with their own stuff, then they should just on on this HBO Max they should do a documentary that's several episodes long, like the Mandalorian doc that they're doing right now on Disney Plus, and uh, and I'll I'll watch that. I'll watch like episode after episode of, of something like that. Yeah. Oh, what was funny is like seeing now that the Snyder cuts come out and then they're talking about this uh, release the air cut hashtag. Uh, 
my first thought was to go to like, okay, what what if, what if someone was to like hashtag release the Josh Trank cut? I'm like, that was my first like go to joke, and then he responded to that yeah tweet today. Yeah, apparently he announced that he's like, please no, no, don't just <laughs> yeah. leave that movie alone. Like, leave Fan Four Stick alone. We don't need to talk about it. Just <laughs> let's all move on. He he just doesn't want to revisit the project, which I do not blame him whatsoever. No, um, but I just thought uh, that another was- one where more so than the Trent cut, more so than the Snyder cut, more so than the Air cut, a documentary on whatever happened to that movie too. Once again. What a bizarre story of like rumor mill, what literally happened with him getting on Twitter, the movie we got and how it's not, it's clearly not finished. All the footage that's in the trailer that's not in the movie, that's action sequences, all the behind the scenes footage of them with like the Fantastic Four car and none of it's in the movie. What on earth happened? Yeah. That's that is another one because I mean you know you see right now you got Josh Trank is out there and he's kind of doing the uh, living room press tour for Capone because that's the only way you can do a press tour right now um, and you're seeing like the different interviews that he's having in places and he's he just hearing the way that he has uh, taken his experience on that Fantastic Four movie and gone that was rough but i'm learning from it and i'm using it i'm utilizing it to do new things and kind of create these new projects and how much of that movie capone was actually a answer to some of the experiences he had on on uh, that fantastic four movie it's a it's a lot of fascinating stuff there yeah on, so now we're talking about josh Trigg, I did, did you guys see that he followed me yesterday on twitter like he re, through a set of circumstances um he, he tweeted out about how he like hates rankings and rankings are what I'm famous for. And so I just retweeted like, I agree. Uh-oh. Wait, what? What did he say? I just joking around. It's, it's pretty funny that a director would like trash the thing that I made a career out of. And so then a, a guy named Scott Sullivan joined in. And he's like, well, Josh Trank was saying this. And he like he was really criticizing and people were defending me. And then Josh Trank jumped in on it. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't fully mean personalists. But I think that rankings kill art. And so I just responded back, hey, man, would you be willing to do an interview on that? Because I I make a living doing rankings. I would love to expose your idea, like challenge me, challenge my audience with your ideas and kind of discuss that with you. And he's like, and he said, responded back, yeah, I'll DM you. And he followed me. He hasn't DM'd me back, but yeah. But um, so if you guys have any questions, I might interview him soon so I can try and ask my questions if if this ends up happening. That'd be fun. I think all I want to do is just like ask like why – like. Chronicle was such a good movie, but like, wh- what really happened with Fan Four Stick? And I'm pretty that's sure you want to talk about that movie at all. Yeah. That's yeah. the tricky one. It's like the one that you like. You there's so much there that's so interesting, but it's like for him, it's this bizarre public embarrassment. This thing attached to his name. That how much of that is his fault? How much of that is their fault? How much is it both? And you know, he's perceived of as this crazy guy that, uh, or whatever the perception is of him, or that he trashed a hotel room while stoned. And then, man, but if you could answer some of that stuff, if he opened up, that would be so interesting. Yeah, that'd be awesome if you could get that interview with him. I know uh, Garth brings up here in the chat that Christian Harloff also did a good one-on-one interview with him. It's something that I uh, I started watching. I still got a little bit left on that as well, but he uh, he definitely talks a little bit about some of that stuff in there. And I just think he's in a place where he's like an open book. So getting pulling mm-hmm. him, being able to get some stuff out of him is 
is uh, would just be a really good time and actually be a really good watch on your channel for sure. Yeah. And because he'd be heavily criticizing me. So yeah. having the director of Chronicle and Fantastic Four uh, in Capone telling me how what I do uh, kills art, that would be fascinating. That would be a very interesting thing. Fans, you guys love my rankings. You know who doesn't? <laughs> Everything your audience loves is trash. Don't do so it. That, but I think that's a good, it's a good conversation because I understand exactly what he's saying of like, how do you mm -hmm. take two pieces of art and say one is better than the other? And I would argue I'm not really doing that with the way that I do them. And he, his tweet was really about aggregated, like when Rotten Tomatoes does a ranking and it's not even someone's opinion. It's not, it's, it's literally like, here are the best. Like, that's not what that means. It's like if like an editorial, like a variety or something was to come. Oh, yeah. It's like a like a watch mojo list or something. Yeah, this is this is the ranking. This is this is our official opinion at this uh, at this junket at this editorial, and uh, this is what we think. Unless it's like one person saying this is an opinion piece, and it's the person writing the article, or say like you do on your channel, this is my opinion, yeah. how I feel, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. And, and, I, and I, a lot of those ones drive me crazy too. You see some of them, and it's clearly like a, a person that was given an assignment that has no passion for the franchise. And so you read it and they're bizarre. Like how many times you read like Variety or whoever's lists of some franchise that it's the same stuff I do, but without any, like I'm actually really excited to rank all 57 theatrically released Marvel movies. Yeah. So I rewatched every single one of them. It took me six months to do it when I did that. And it was like, man, this is gonna be really cool. This is gonna be so much fun. Uh, even watching the bad ones. Like I'll, I'll have so much fun doing this. And then you, what, I read an article just a couple of days ago with someone doing it. It was like, this is just crazy talk. Like, I don't know when this guy watched these. I don't know what thought he put into this, but this is just bizarre. And so I, I can see where someone's coming from, from that perspective on some of it. That, uh, so that um, means you have to sit through the old Captain America and Howard the Duck. Uh, so I, uh, I'd never seen Howard the Duck before I did that video. That I watched it for the first time for that video. So as the novelty of watching this bizarre movie with an awful lot of um, woman duck innuendo, um, that was interesting. But I grew up on that old Captain America movie. I had a VHS recording of it off of sh uh, Showtime, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so you know, at the time, we had the Superman movies, Batman and Batman Returns. And then I had Captain America on my VHS tape. And that's all we had. And so I actually loved that one back in the day. And so I have all sorts of nostalgia for it. But at the same time. That was the one with uh, Matt Salinger. Yeah, yeah. The son of J.D. Salinger, the writer of Catcher in the Rye. Like what, yes. what a bizarre factoid. Well, what did the son of Catcher in the Rye do? He was Captain America. Yeah. And see, uh, here, here I thought the worst part of that experience would having be having to rewatch uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the first time I watched that one, too. I, I saw the first one, but I had I never caught the second one. So those are actually two of the ones that I watched for the first time. Once again, they're interesting bad movies because like when Nicolas Cage is like peeing fire, <laughs> not good, but they did that. Like they actually put that in the movie. So uh, that's the marketing. They put that in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Like, bad. what's it like when you pee? It's like a flamethrower. <laughs> this is your selling point for your movie. It, it burns a little, uh, dude. And you, have script, to, you have to wonder script, if at that point they knew what they had. It is a script from David Goyer. He literally went from working on The Dark Knight. He's working with Nolan on The Dark Knight Rises and Man of Steel. And then his free time writes that. Like, what a bizarre filmography. Like, that guy, ups and downs, it's yeah. all over the place.
what what else like i think was it david goyer was also responsible for uh x-men the last stand yeah something um, like that as well simon he, Kinberg was one um, one of the big because he obviously done all the, a bunch of it. He, he did the Blade movies. He did yeah. the nine, 90s um, Nick Fury movie with David Hasselhoff. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. He wrote Death Warrant, the Van Damme movie. He wrote Kickboxer 2. Speaking of movies that I watched in the last week, I actually watched Kickboxer 2 in the last week, written by David Goyer. Um, I believe he was one of the people that worked on the script for Dark City. I think. I think he yep. did that. Um and then Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. And then he he directed um some like small horror movies that just were terrible. Hmm. So it's just like literally all over the place. Yeah, that's that's weird filmography there. Um so we were talking about uh, uh how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, Trank. we were talking about Trank doing the Fantastic Four. That and AJ Lancaster with the dollar ninety nine super chat was like, well, would he do it for an additional thirty million? Would Trank go back and do a re a re edit of Fantastic Four? Is he getting the thirty million dollars, yeah. <laughs> or is it the studios putting it into like, okay, well, we saw what happened when we interfered. Tell you what, here's thirty million more towards making the movie. Do what he want. See, he would only see what two million of that, maybe. Yeah. Oh. Um, there would probably be like a back end deal type of thing if it gets released. But the problem with that is, again, do pe- do people want to see another retry at that? And yeah, I think that, that one is so bad. Mm. That one's different from the DCEU movies where there's like, pe- like there's a track record of like Snyder has his loyal fans, mm-hmm. his army of people, and you've seen things in his movies that were either divisive, but there's things that people love about them. And so then when you saw the released Justice League, you went, clearly, this is not a Zack Snyder movie. I know his name is on it, but you can tell, like, every other scene was so clearly a Joss Whedon scene. The whole thing reeks of studio interference. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't have that, like, all it reeks of the studio interference with Fantastic Four, but you don't have that loyalty for Trank himself. And I, I think he himself just got so burned on that. I feel like he just like fried by the big studio system. Cause I mean, it, obviously he put that movie out, but he also lost star Wars. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it seemed like, I guess the rumors are that he wrote his script. They're like, go for it. Oh yeah. One week before shooting, we need you to cut 30 million from the budget. So cut three action sequences. And so then pulled that out of the movie. And I think, you know, just obviously just total speculation, but I, that seems like would lead them being stressed out, freaking out on set or whatever happened there. There's a narrative there that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think he'd want to avoid it just cause I think he's fried on that stuff for a while. So I guess that just depends on if these hashtags keep on like pumping out. Cause we just got a hashtag about them. Like, I guess trying to push for a second Han Solo movie. Um, which would mean that the solo movie would be no longer solo. It would have a sequel. Um, <laughs> sorry, bad, bad joke. I, Solos. I would, I would say I, I'm going home, but that's my bed right there. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and mute his mic now that he's making uh, those kinds of jokes. And uh, so while we're here, uh, no, I'm just kidding. So did y'all hear all that? <laughs> um, so, a solo, a second solo movie. I don't. I don't want that. 
I gotta be honest. Like, here's the thing. Like, Solo is one of those movies where uh, a lot of there there are people who it's a fun adventure flick. I really enjoyed it, and I get that. But so for me, Solo is at the bottom of my Star Wars list, and I I don't want a sequel. What I would rather have, and maybe Sean, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but what I would rather have is maybe like a series of some sort on Disney Plus. Maybe live action, maybe animated. I don't really care either way. I would totally agree with that. Um, the, going into that world of smugglers, because when you do a movie, it feels like they feel like they have to give him like this character arc and make him heroic. Whereas if you make it a TV show, he's just each week is him smuggling. It's Firefly and Star Wars. Firefly Ooh. was already basically Joss Whedon's Star Wars. Ooh. And so then you just do, yeah. do it with him. And you can see real easy where that's an interesting thing where you explore this world um, of all the was it Crimson Dawn, all the stuff that they established. I, I'm fine to explore this criminal underworld and make a show set in that space. That seems like fun, but doing another movie, it just feels like they, they have to get like um, this. His whole arc in the original Star Wars is he's like this gruff smuggler, but it looks like he does have a heart after all. He does care after all. Mm-hmm. And then they do, let's do a prequel movie where he's like real gruff around the edges and he just wants to be the smuggler, but he's got a heart after all. Like, that's is, is the same thing. Like, and I, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I had fun with it. It's not at the bottom of my heap, but at the same time, it's like it just feels like the the least important, most inconsequential, mm-hmm. and the one that we really did not need to make this movie. But a TV show, hmm, I'm kind of interested. I love the idea that I love the idea. Of, like, you dive into that smugglers world, you get like Crimson Dawn, you got them versus the Pikes, and what's going on, and kind of the warring factions in that world, and then the ruling empire is is overhead and what what do they have to do with anything yeah that give me that like i'll take an give me an animated version you know do like another like clone wars rebels all that kind of stuff i'll take i'll take one of those all day don't don't do another movie i don't think i don't even know how much room you really have to squeeze in there between solo and a new hope at this point maybe just a a little bit more but at that point now all we're seeing is the uh the job he did for jabba Wow. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting to see. I w- I'm curious as to that, uh, and that's why I was kind of hoping Solo would start diving into like his relationship with Jabba, but they never got to that. So, uh, it literally did just everything else. Yeah. Uh, so that- <laughs> but we know where he got the dice from and his last name. All those questions that we've all been Thank wondering God. all this time. Thank God they covered that at least. <laughs> I mean, I was really wondering. How is the how in the world is this man gonna continue saying such a long name like Chewbacca? He really should shorten it down to Chewy and just I want to know how he's gonna make that connection that he could just shorten it. Please stop him getting a headache. Yeah. <laughs> getting a headache. Um so moving on, uh last week, uh so we we do the show on Tuesday nights. Um Tuesday of last week, we had a pretty good like indication that something really big was happening with the Snyder Cut. That was it was all over the news and whatnot. The next day, uh, Zack Snyder was doing the watch along for Man of Steel, and we're like, okay, if they're going to officially confirm the Snyder Cut, it's probably going to be during that uh, watch along. Sure enough, <laughs> watch along happened. They confirmed it. It's going to be premiering on HBO Max next year. Uh, so this whole past week has been a ton of information about what potentially could be happening with the Snyder Cut, including like small reveals of the fact that originally Zack Snyder did have Dark Side in this movie. 
and they released like who was playing him the actor himself came out saying like yep uh hi my name's uh, i forgot his name off the top of my head but uh my name's such and such i'm dark side in the Zack snyder cut like okay so all these details are coming out and yeah like we were saying this sounds like a completely different movie like a drastically different movie but so what do you think of like the stuff that has come out over this past week in regards to it and the fact that it's going to be premiering on hbo max uh i mean even beyond that that like the original report is also saying they're not sure if it's going to be a four-hour movie or six 40-minute episodes which immediately you hear that and you go wait a minute (laughs) wait a minute but the movie they put out was only two hours and that was already reshot 50% 50% by Joss Whedon. What, what on earth is this? Like, yeah. what? what <laughs> like, this is crazy. Um, and it, it, they've been having all these rumors. Obviously, uh, uh, Snyder has been posting pictures this whole time. All the obvious stuff. You can look at the trailers and be like, wait a minute. There's so much stuff. Total scenes that are gone. Yeah. Uh, what What was this movie? Um and then, of course, you know the all the the dark dark side stuff where you go, you don't even know how to factor it in because it's such a big reveal, yeah. Of whether whether there was how much was shot, what was shot, what does that even mean? Uh, especially because Stephen Wolf sucked so bad that it's like uh, you you had the better character. What what is this? So I, all of it just makes me, um, so. When there's people out there that are cynical about the Snyder cut and like, oh, why would you spend $30 million more dollars on a movie they already spent $300 million on that it didn't do well? Because we didn't really get the movie. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they because there's literally this entire archive of stuff they shot, stuff they wrote, and then they turned it into this other thing yeah. that it's not his actual vision. Um, there is demand for it. I, and I, I mean, I'm just so curious. And just as film fans, even if you hated Justice League, this is interesting. Yeah, most All of it. I would say I'd say if it makes it easier to sleep at night, pretend that Justice League costs three hundred and thirty million dollars, and that's the movie you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be very interesting, and I know this is going to be big for uh, the HBO Max platform. Now, granted, HBO Max is primarily funded by Warner Media. So, I mean, it's a great place for Warner to also pump out a lot of their content, uh, which is a lot of the D- uh, pretty much all the DC stuff as well. So even though they have, I guess, the DC Universe streaming platform, they're also putting all that DC content on HBO Max, uh, which launches tomorrow, mm-hmm. or technically, I guess, here like in an hour and 15 minutes. I, I don't know when the official launch time is, but yeah, so that launches tomorrow. Uh, there's a lot of good content that they're putting on that as well. Uh, going through like the list of like what stuff is supposedly going to be available at launch, you've got a lot of like the Criterion collection is going to be in there. Um, the biggest one that I'm interested in is, uh, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this, the Studio Ghibli. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Like Spirit Away, Princess Monarchy, Monoki. Yeah. Anyways, I want to mispronounce it. You're doing great. I'm deeply offended at your pronunciation of those things I don't know how to pronounce. (laughs) Anyways, those are also like some movies that I've been hearing like crazy that I need to watch that I haven't seen any of them. 
and they've got so much critical acclaim even from like i'm hearing this even from people who may not be necessarily anime fans mm-hmm. uh like i know uh sean you and i are roughly around the same age mm-hmm. i think we actually are the same age um we grew up at a time where like there was saturday morning cartoons yeah they were all americanized animation the the japanese animation didn't really hit the us until like the later 90s where you had like pokemon and then like Yu-Gi-Oh and some others that started in with that and that's where that started we don't make fun of my childhood yeah that's where that started becoming common in like just normal american cartoons is seeing that so therefore like i know for me my experience i just really wasn't into anime that's right awesome. it's like for me i remember being in high school and somebody like have you seen akira and that was the one that was the one you needed to check out was akira mm-hmm. um and that was the anime the one the one um yeah. and then obviously that has dramatically changed over the last 20 years in all many different regards but you know i missed all of that for the exact same reason of you know i saw akira but all the other stuff kind of came after my time so um all the Studio Ghibli stuff too. People ask me all the time, hey, can you rank these? What's your favorite? What do you think is Spirited Away? So I've seen Spirited Away, but that's the only one. And yeah. it's it's a very uh, metaphoric and allegorical and my brain doesn't work that way. So it's like, I don't get it. I don't, made me feel stupid. Probably yeah. because I'm stupid. <laughs> so I've been wanting to catch up on those movies, but I haven't found them streaming anywhere. Well, this would be why I haven't found them streaming anywhere because they were being saved for HBO Max. So uh, luckily we will have that like tomorrow yeah or like in an hour and 15 minutes or whatever so um there was a comment saying we get it at 2 Mm a.m at 2 a.m that's what they did for uh disney plus also it kind of it rolls out across country at different times so yeah so part is here with uh it's 12 a.m pacific 2 a.m central 3 a.m eastern okay yeah, so it's so, midnight california is what they do california always determining our schedule yeah california. so uh needless to say i have to go to work tomorrow so i am not going to be up at 2 a.m to watch spirited away <laughs> that will be later on uh but like with hbo max they're also bringing in things like uh of course the one that's been hyped up is uh, friends with a supposedly a friends reunion, I guess. Once, yeah, I don't know if they're doing the reunion kind of like this video or if they're actually going to get people together. I don't know. Um, but a lot of like the TV shows, friends, uh, I've got the list here Big Bang Theory, uh, was it Sesame Street? Of course, is gonna be on there, Fresh Prince. So, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff and a huge list of movies that we don't have time for me to go through every list of this, but. No, but they are they are knocking out a lot of some really good classics in here. I mean, you've got you've got Casablanca, you've got you know, you got Gone with the Wind. Like every pretty much, if it's a major classic, Citizen Kane. If it's a major classic that every film lover should probably see at some point in their life, it's probably going to be on this service. And that I like because if you go look at the all the major streamers right now, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus hulu there's not a huge amount of actual like the good classic films on there i think amazon prime is probably the closest but like you don't see a lot of the major ones on there 
and they're just not catering to, I guess, people, general audiences are not wanting to watch those. Yeah. They want to watch like the equalizer, or whatever just came out recently type of thing. Yeah. So just picked a random movie on that. <laughs> it's like, that's a really specific movie to pick. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, this there's, a, if you guys go, you guys uh, go out there and look up the movies that you're about to get on this service. Um, it, it it definitely looks like worth it. I want I want to preface all this by saying that HBO Max is not actually sponsoring the stream tonight. What we're what we're saying is just as movie lovers, we're looking at this list going, this this looks pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to start browsing tomorrow and uh, probably make a video about it on Thursday. But yeah, see what's in there. It's it's always fun when you have these new streaming services because like with the fun thing about like having an audience with like mine that's largely young, is I get to like introduce them. Of stuff and they don't know about you know the, the mask of zorro the the martin campbell one from you know when we were in high school um they've never heard of it and then you can tell them about it like oh what, what's zorro because there hasn't been a zorro in the last 20 years there used to be zorro movies all the time and there hasn't been one in 15 years and so then we have a new streaming service so i get kind of excited to like browse it and like think through my audience and what do i think my audience would like and um that's always fun for me yeah. So, uh, was it Miles Skywalker is asking how much is HBO Max month? Apparently, it is fifteen dollars. Um, I think there's like a discount if you subscribe to like a whole year. Then I think it drops down to like twelve. I think again, not sponsored by HBO, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's probably going to do it for like movie news stuff Ooh. to talk about. I just saw this real quick. I know that you're you're going to be excited about this one. Looks. I don't know if this is like an old, old version or if this is like the Rick Moranis, but Little Shop of Horrors is on there. Uh, I know you're you're going to be excited about that one. Yeah, I I, I love I, I did the trivia over on Video Drew's channel last night with uh, Little Shop of Horrors. That was so much fun to do. I love that movie. That's probably my favorite musical. <laughs> um. So speaking of trivia, uh, we're going to cut over to... Uh, the movie trivia schmodown. Um, so we got again, we got a lot of uh new people watching. Um, if anyone who's watching this isn't what real quick, uh, we have a we have a, a stream lab in here. I want to get to real quick, okay? Over there, it was uh, Majestic Demon said, I hope that uh, I don't think we I don't think we got to this. No, uh, I hope that Jared Leto does a better job playing Morbius than he did the Joker in whatever the first Suicide Squad movie was. Uh, yeah. for the of that Morbius movie. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, that it, it looked good so far. The one trailer we got, so here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> um. So again, we got new people in here. If you're not familiar with the movie trivia schmodown, uh, basically, if it, it, it's a lot like wrestling, where you have storylines, you have teams, you have factions. Uh, people can like turn on each other. You have faces, you have heels, you have like whole storylines set up. But instead of wrestling, it's people sitting at a desk answering movie trivia questions in which the trivia itself is real. They have a team of writers. They they write tons of questions. Um, and yeah, it, you're, you're answering movie trivia. And then that sets what how the story for the season uh, continues. So uh, it's been around. I think they're in the seventh season right now. Uh, it's been around for a while. This past week, we had what was the beginning of uh, the Star Wars tournament 
basically. And unfortunately, uh, real quick, this season, typically they would be filming at a studio, but because of the current situation, they're actually filming like this. Yeah. So people are doing the stream yard setup. Uh, they did the beginning of the Star Wars, which I want to uh, maybe just lightly touch upon these. Uh, we did reactions to these. So uh, our full thoughts, feel- feelings, and opinions of those matches you can see in the reactions. Um, but the Star Wars match was pretty good. Uh, we jump into the actual tournament this week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be even bigger because we're se- now we're seeing like the names that we are familiar with who know Star Wars trivia. This is where we're going to really see them like jump in and start to shine. So uh, we will be doing a live reaction to it uh, tomorrow night. Right, yeah, yeah, and that's going to be Sean Sullivan versus uh, Laura Kelly, and this is going to be a fantastic match. Yeah, it's going to be the uh, first round in the tournament. We had the uh, the play in match last week, so there's going to be a lot of lot of really like people have uh, I got a bug flying around here. What the? <laughs> uh, there's a a lot of people have been. Uh, Away. have been saying that pretty much anybody who's in this tournament can be the one to win it so this is going to be if you have not watched the schmodown before if this is something that you haven't seen or maybe this kind of piques your interest like storylines and and trivia all right because they have i mean it's like a full sport at this point they have like rankings like you see in like a ufc type deal all sorts of stuff uh right now the stores tournament is only being aired live on the new twitch channel so you have to go to twitch.tv slash the schmodown in order to catch that right now but normally everything else would be on the schmodown entertainment network youtube channel to check out uh and then the other one they had this week was the uh the champion so the four people who are currently belt holders uh they did again one of these setups it mm-hmm. was originally on the schmodown patreon they released on youtube for everyone to watch uh that was a fantastic match and we said in the reaction I, I hope this becomes a thing that every year they do this. Just grab whoever's the champion at that time, have them sit down just for funsies and crank out some more questions just to see who who at the current time is the better of the champions. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, you can go back and watch our reaction. We'll give more, we can give more thoughts on that and then we'll cover some of the stuff again next week. We want to go ahead and jump into some other aspects of it, especially since we got Sean here right now, instead of just doing a full recap here. But, uh, what do you got? So one of the things that we thought was interesting, and I think it's what really like, like we need to get Sean on this show was, uh, a, like a, like a little over a week ago, I guess, uh, this popped up on your, uh, Twitter. Yep. So yep. one of your followers was like, hey, do you have any plans for competing in the Schmodown? And tagged the Schmodown and Christian Harloff. And Christian responded saying that you, mm-hmm. the, the current rosters of teams, they can't add free agents this season, but he'd love to put you in the draft for next season mm-hmm. if you're interested. Um, that's fantastic. And, it, and that played out in the course of about 10 minutes, too. Yeah. Of like, I the guy tweets that, and I, that was just my honest response. So I, in in my brain, I was like, "There's a chance Christian will see this, or whoever runs their the Schmodown Twitter will see this." And so I both responded to it and I retweet comment responded to it. So I tried to like do a twofer to get the attention on it. And closed Twitter came back five minutes later. Open it up and what was it wife. Christian Harloff just responded to me and he just followed me on Twitter and he uh, he wants me to be on the Schmodown. 
She's like, which one of those shows is this mother? It's the movie trivia one. Oh, the, oh, the movie trivia. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. And so then, um, yeah, so we DM'd back and forth a little bit. And um, yeah, he goes, yeah, have you seen the show? I was like, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it recently because I've been too busy. But yeah, I watched a ton of it back a few years back and had the app and everything. He's like, oh, you need to catch up because it's getting a lot more involved now. So do you start watching this and this and this to catch up? I was like, all right, cool. I, but I'm, I'm down for anything. Yeah. yeah, it gets intense. So do, just be sure and you get to it's like that's half the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know like when when we uh met you back in January, we briefly talked about because the Schmodown was uh doing the reactions to Schmodown was one of the big mm-hmm. things for our channel. Um, that when we started this channel, we just immediately went into like, hey, we're gonna do movie reviews, trailer reactions. Let's also do reactions to the Schmodown because there really haven't been, uh, th- there weren't a whole bunch of like movie channels or anyone really doing that. There were at that time, there were only a couple of like a very small handful of reactors late to the party, take three. Um, there weren't that many at that time. So we dived into that as well. And now that's the reactor side of it is starting to blow up even more this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The after shows and everything that we're getting now, like there's, they're all over the place, and everyone's got some great thoughts. There's a lot of good shows out there with some good analysis because this is like, again, this is being treated like a sport now. You're seeing that mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just the fact that like we met with you and taught uh, talked mm-hmm. with you before, and then we see that Christian actually reached out to you. We're like, all right, this is actually going to be really good. So uh, at this point, I would like to say, let's have the three of us actually form like the Austin League, and <laughs> get, like Austinites. I mean, if we could get Angry Joe in there on that too, that would be fantastic. But <laughs> um, I don't think that's Joe. Possible. Remember me from high school? I mean, we never spoke. Yeah. We've never spoken before. Do you do, do you remember me? <laughs> hey, you remember me? I had less than a hundred subscribers at the time. I talked to you at the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> remember at Bloodshot, the guy that was two rows in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you guys can help me train for this deal. I don't know what that was. We can shoot a training montage video. It's probably not as interesting to like what look at us look, watching Wikipedia pages and say a Rocky training montage. That'd be but uh, I'm sure we can make something that's amazing. <laughs> Doing sit ups, holding a laptop or something. Yeah. So what we actually need to do is get you in touch with uh, the editor of the Schmodown, uh, Eric Rodriguez, Nerd Chronic. Uh, he so he used to do like all the promos for it. He would shoot like these really cool promos that would they would literally suck you into wanting to watch the entire game. Uh, now he's taken over the full time job of editing the entire episode. Um, he does phenomenal job at that. Uh, he was one of the reasons why we were able to go to the studio. Uh, we've been to like the VidCon out in California a couple mm-hmm. of times. Uh, last year we went out for VidCon, and while we were out there, Eric uh, reached out to us like, "Hey, we're going to be shooting Schmodown at the studio this Saturday. Do y'all want to come?" We're like, "Yeah, <laughs> absolutely." Like the, apparently that was like what the third day of VidCon that we were supposed to go to, and we're like, "Nope, <laughs> screw VidCon. We're going to Schmodown." Which was a great decision because uh, you got thrown into a match when we yeah. So while we, were, while we were there, Christian asked me uh, to fill in on a match. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, that 
that experience is great. Um, and then again, just seeing like another like fellow Austinite, someone else mm -hmm. who's in this YouTube space as well, uh, get that invite to go participate in it. it it's going to be a blast and yeah. eager to watch. Yeah. So uh, do you, you guys guess would know better, but it's good. When, when he says next season, what, what time wise would that relatively be? Season, seasons are a year. Yeah. Okay. So the 2021, I do have six months to get into brain shape for this one. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Typically the seasons start like at the end of January, they'll, they'll usually want to do like a kickoff at this point, a big kickoff with like a live event of some sort. Uh, and you're in these last couple of years, they've been doing one like in New York just to kind of kick things off and then they'll, they'll go and do all the studio matches and everything. So that's, it's usually runs the end of January to the, probably the very beginning of December. So like the entire year is full season and then they take like a month or so month and a half uh, period off from it. So okay. All right. Typically uh, started last year and it was supposed to continue this year, but again, issues. Something 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's just all you got to say now. Just if anything bad's going on, just 2020 and just move on. Um, that well, in, in its own way, that's almost kind of a good thing because the doing a starter one, doing over the computer, probably a little bit weird. But uh, man, that's if this pans out and I like fly out to LA for man, this this whole life thing's pretty crazy. Wait, <laughs> it's all played out. Oh, yeah. And literally just someone tweeted out, hey, man, are you ever going to go on the Schmodown? Yeah, I'd love to. If they ever invited me, I'd say yes. Hey, Sean, want to be on it? Sure. <laughs> Why not? What, what just happened? Yes. <laughs> I'll take you up on that one. But, yeah, this is plans out. I'll need you guys as my trainers. So we Make could Austin proud. That, that's probably, I would say, the nice thing about doing reactions for like the past two years is like we learn the strategy or at least some mm -hmm. form of strategy. I know every player has their own individual strategy in how they interact with people, but a lot of it, of course, it is a lot of people who are primarily LA based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they do know each other on a personal level outside of the kayfabe of the game. So they they do know like kind of like what each other knows type of thing uh there's sections of this where uh like round two typically is spinning a wheel that could land on a spinner's choice or opponent's choice and you get to choose from like the categories on the wheel that if you land on opponent's choice your opponents may be someone who is actually one of your friends may be acting like a heel to you in this particular game, but they are one of your friends. They do know what you know and don't know. And they're going to use that to their advantage and throw in like, Oh, you said you don't like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Guess <laughs> <laughs> what category you're about to get. So that's a situation where like you say, you say that Christian's telling you, Hey, you need to catch up. You need to watch what's going on. That's kind of a big piece of it too, because you want to catch up with everybody who's currently in the game and, and part of the game now is the studying of what do they know, what do they not know. Mm -hmm. So I know, like going into a match with them, ooh, what what can I use to my advantage? What uh, what ca categories to give them if it lands on, say, like opponent's choice? Some people have made that mistake, and of uh, the matches cost them for that. All right. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of fun fun stuff. I would love the I love the idea of doing like a Rocky training montage. <laughs> that, or something. that would be so much fun. Uh, while social distancing and being six feet away from each other and wiping everything down and using masks washing responsibly, hands. washing hands constantly, sanitizer, yes, and not in an air-conditioned space. 
Make sure you're 2020. Singing. It's a bizarre year. <laughs> Make sure you're singing Toto from Africa while you're washing your hands because that's about how much time it takes. Well, the chorus. Yeah, you got to sing the chorus to it. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, kind of like a side tangent was really funny. Uh, our aunt posted on Facebook, like supposedly it was, what was it like the 20 or 30 things that you need to do that you need to learn as a man to teach your son type of thing. And like the first, the first rule was, uh, never shake a man's hand while sitting down. And number 10 was like, when you go to shake a person's hand, you give a firm grip and you look at them straight in the eye. And so I commented on hers like, yeah, uh, until further notice, you can forget number one and number 10. <laughs> that ain't happening. Don't so, do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, so it's going to be great to see you in the Schmodown. Um, of course, you will automatically have your own uh, reactors yes. cheering you on. Excellent. Although, if you ever, although if you ever get put in the team and you have to go up against us, sorry, <laughs> we'll start. We'll start that trash talk right now. Yeah, it's way too early for that. <laughs> None of us have been picked up by anybody yet. It's way too early, <laughs> and highly unlikely at this point right now, given current situations. Well, for this year, yeah, yeah, but. Anyways, so, uh, G Sean, do you have any other thoughts on the Schmodown? Any other questions or something? Uh, as for right now, probably not. But I I am not joking at all about that training montage video and getting your insights. If Once this kind of locks in and everything, I mean, I, I want to make – I love making a show out of everything. So uh, doing something like this, that, that's the whole thing. It's movie <laughs> trivia. But it's the show too, so yeah. uh, I, I am all on board on all of that and the build up and everything, yeah. and and I'm in it to win it. Yeah, Garth McMurray here, you're the best around. <laughs> yeah, we have to get. I don't know if we can get the song rights to that, but <laughs> nope. that would be funny. Uh, I also like what's the song that plays in uh, Scarface? It's not like an actual like training montage but it does like it's weirdly out of place in the middle of scarface when he's building his empire and i forgot what it was off the top of my head you're gonna do well in the schmodown yeah well i mean as of right now i wasn't expecting to talk about scarface so <laughs> uh anyways uh so that's pretty much it for most of the show if anyone else has any questions uh drop in those questions real quick we can get to those um I guess it, while we're waiting to see if there's any questions, we can, I guess, get plugs out of the way if we would like. Sean, you got a lot of stuff to plug. <laughs> Woo, yeah. So uh, you can find me on the YouTube. Just look up Sean Chandler. You'll either find an NFL player or a guy that looks like me and talks about movies. It's the guy that looks like me and is talking about movies. Um, as you can see, the link's over there where you can find me on the internet. I actually really, I'm really active on Twitter and Instagram. If you DM me, I mean, that's how we met. You guys sent me a direct message on Instagram. Uh, and then we met up at a Chick-fil-A. Um, so real active on there. And then I have a podcast I launched back in um, February thinking, Hey, new year. It'd be fun. All these new releases to talk about. I've got all these brainstorm ideas for editorials tied to new releases. And then I kind of just had to throw that whole plan out. So. You got 10 videos talking about bloodshot. Yes, <laughs> 10 videos on Bloodshot, uh, the weekly update on all of the new movie release dates and everything that's been delayed again. All kind of the same stuff. The, so 
like I, I feel like that's kind of like us too because we went into this year and we had planned like okay we want to do a weekly live show we can't we can't do this full time yet so we still have our jobs we have to do but we plan on let's do a weekly live show we'll start in March so that was always the goal the focus we just worked our way to March and then March came and everything was like ah it was okay our second episode we're like yeah guys so uh, South by Southwest has been canceled. This and it, it's just been a complete like trash ever since then. Yeah, just downhill crash. And like, oh, okay, well, let's find something to talk about. I had all these plans where I was uh, I was going to go to South by South, my first South by Southwest ever, and it worked with a buddy of mine, and he got me on their press list. We had a place rented it or rented and everything, and so I was going to be in downtown Austin, so I wouldn't be commuting from where I live in Hutto all the way to downtown Austin daily, mm-hmm. and all like all of it sounded great, and was like I'd had all these plans for the podcast I was going to do live with people in person. Was trying to schedule some inter. Nope, <laughs> none of that happened. Oh, the year 2020. What a weird year. Yeah. So Garth. So Garth is asking any of you three, what are the movie release date years for both Scarface movies? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to remember the old one. Like 9.30. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I want to say uh, that the Pacino one was, so like 83, 84, something like that. I'm going to go, I'll go 81. Let's see who is right. <laughs> I know there's like 83. So it was 83 on that one. Movie release day. So I knew 84 was too late. I didn't, I, I was too early myself though. Look at then. you over there acting like Scott Mance. Yeah, it's true. I remember that. <laughs> it's Captain America. I understood that reference. So Garth says uh, ni- 1932 and 1983. So I was two years too early on both of them. My whole brain is wired two years off from reality. Okay, I have to yeah. remember that. That's a thing. I that it, It's a pattern I've discovered in my thinking. Well, <laughs> time to start learning movie release dates. <laughs> um. Uh, also, real quick uh, for you, Sean, uh, we also put your links like directly to your YouTube channels in the description down below this. So there should be links down there for uh, your talks about uh, your vlog channel and then your uh, was it the helping people create yeah, real creators? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. All three of those are down there. Yes. If people don't know, I have three YouTube channels. Only one of them I. One of them I post on almost every single day. The other ones I post on a couple times per month, something yeah. like that. Uh, not very regular on those other ones, but whenever they're like junk drawers for like other things I'm interested in posting. And it's like, this would be kind of weird to post on my main channel on any regular basis, but I'd still love to have some place to talk about this from time to time. I know both of us, we have our own like channels as well um, that we're trying. We probably just vlogging on there. I tried doing I tried doing like some like small like comedy skit uh, kind of like I feel like in the vein of uh, Ryan George, yeah, just playing with my green screen. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I might get back to that pretty soon. I just it, it's kind of hard with the time on that. Even though apparently I've got plenty of time, I don't. <laughs> so. 
that was my thought. I was like, I just want to have these other channels. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot four videos on like the first day of the month and I'll just post them over the next month. So I have one weekly video and real simple. Just like, what, what did I do that week? I'll have some, no, it's never played out that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Any other questions? Yeah, guys, send in, send in any questions you got, drop them in there real quick. We got a little bit of time left here that we can do that. Otherwise, uh, Maybe we call it early win tonight. I don't know. So what move, Sean, what move are you looking forward to this year? <laughs> Any? I really don't know what's going to come out this year anymore. <laughs> so who knows? Um, you know, of tenant, of course, um, you know, a new Christopher Nolan movie. That's an original with one of it. It looks that it has all the adventure sci-fi that I enjoy while having one of these Christopher Nolan wacky concepts. Like let's take like a simple idea of time travel. How do you do it a little bit different and incorporate it in with action? That's so interesting to me. And the way that he keeps coming up with these, I like high concept ideas and packages them in, uh, very accessible adventure films. You know, that's why he's you know, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what movie you really love that most people think is awful? Uh, I mean, we kind of alluded to this a little bit in all the stuff I mentioned before. I just love all those 80s, 90s action movies, the martial arts ones, the Steven Seagal, Van Damme. Um, you know, like... Yeah, the stuff that other people say call guilty pleasures, I just call them, you know, classic cinema. Um, <laughs> and, and like these movies that legitimately be like, why on earth would you rewatch that? Because I really like Best of the Best too a lot. <laughs> like, like it's, I mean, the, the, these all of those simple action movie premises. Even that, the, I actually get frustrated that now that. Um, uh, straightforward R-rated action movies are, for the most part, people kind of crap on them if they're not called John Wick or The Raid. Um, like Extraction, a lot of cinephiles were like, what is this? Like the plot was too simple. And that that's the type of movies I grew up on. And as a kid, it was like, oh, I, my mom let me watch a Van Damme movie in the theater. This is amazing. Oh, I can drive myself to go see the big hit with Mark Wahlberg and like, like stuff like that. And so... Uh, uh, whether new ones, old ones, just any classic revenge stories, tournament fighters. I just love that stuff. Uh, Under Siege. I mean, I love uh, – um, I saw the first Under Siege for the first time um, on a plane going to uh, Hong Kong when I was in the fifth grade uh, for spring break. My parents had lived in Hong Kong before I was born, and so I, I went there. They took me there to like – guess they wanted to go back or whatever so i saw under siege for the first time on that plane so the comment section actually that's why i brought that up uh but i even like people like hate on including christian harloff has hated on under siege 2 i've always enjoyed under siege 2 and it's actually written by matt reeves of writing the batman fame he's the guy or writing and directing batman he wrote under siege 2 so those are classics classic movies that everyone should love <laughs> I know, like, I typically will watch, like, a movie or something, like, while laying in bed before going to sleep, and uh, lately I've been, like, really thinking about, like, what movies did I just really not like when it, when I first saw it, and, like, maybe trying to see if, like, I can give them, like, a little second try, uh, so it's kind of like a time for me just to unwind and empty my brain, so kind of take in these movies a lot. I know, like, one example was I really just did not like the big Lebowski when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. 
now it's an absolute treasure. I adore that movie. So, um, like I know last night I started watching, I think of, I started watching Cable Guy. Like, mm-hmm. I just, again, at the time it came out was at the height of Jim Carrey, Ace yeah. Ventura, Dumb and mm-hmm. Dumber, Mass, Batman Forever. You're like, yes, Jim Carrey could do no wrong. And then he did this, like, really dark, dark, movie. like, wow, this is just, ugh. And it was not not a huge fan of it. Uh, I've seen it since then, and I was like, okay, this is. I, I kind of get what he's doing with this, and like it's starting to kind of grow on me. So that's why I've been giving that one another shot now. Uh, I think if I were to answer the question, I think uh, some people already know the answer to this, but uh, other people are kind of taking it back. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. How dare clones. you? How dare you? Yeah, it's a movie. It's actually pretty high up on my Star Wars list. And the reason I put it up so high, like, granted, like, I understand people's hangups are on the uh, Anakin-Padme relationship and the dialogue there. And I can, I, I'm not going to try to ever to defend it. It is, it is what it is. If you, if you actually go back and watch some of the deleted scenes of that, if they had just left those deleted scenes in that movie, that relationship would make so much more sense and would actually work a whole lot better. But the reason I put it up so high and the reason I actually really love it is when it gets to the arena, the Genosian arena, and you got all the Jedis and all the battle droids and all the clones and everyone, and you see the whole beginning of the Clone Wars. That, that to me is some of the best Star Wars action that we have seen uh, in, in film. And it just, I'll say that part of it's probably like nostalgia colored glasses because, you know, uh, I, I did grow up with both the, prequels and the original trilogy and so it's there there isn't there is a love and attachment to those movies as well but uh, i just i just that's why i can't wait for like what they want to do further with it if they want to bring in like more jedi and do more jedi action and sith action and all that like that's that's my cup of tea give me that we got another one here uh let's do say partis says will any of you see tenant on opening night if it sticks to release date in july yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, maybe it's just my perception, but it doesn't seem like Austin has been a hot spot or anything like that that I would be afraid. And the other thing that the thing about it is, is that if it's the only movie that comes out, like that's where like you know, crowded theater, like, but it wouldn't be. First off, certain people would be afraid. Also, if no other movies come out, Tenet is on every theater screen on every like it's on all of them, in which case they could be at twenty five percent capacity and still sell more tickets than they would have if it had been on the two sold out. That's um, that's true. I didn't think about that actually because I, I was sitting there thinking like it's going to be on all these screens and obviously they're going to do like half capacity showings or something and they're going to oh. lose money. But if it's like the only thing, that's well, the movie, yeah. Screens, what are the movies going to play? Like, are 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 movie theaters going to go back and like re release say Bloodshot or something? that came out that has already come out essentially on video by now. There's a couple like smaller, like looking action movies. I think there's like Russell Crowe's got a movie or something. I can't remember what it's called, but these, uh, these movies are supposed to try to try to be the first movie in before tenant. And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm going with tenant. Yeah. Um, as far as Austin. Yeah. Austin is, uh, has been slowly opening back up. Um, the other day I did venture out to uh, the Oasis Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, Austin, the Oasis is a restaurant that overlooks the local lake here. Uh, gorgeous sights. It's uh, it's an okay like food wise, but they've gotten uh, better. They've gotten better. 
they've definitely gotten better. They have their own brewery out there. So it is a nice place to go. I usually like going maybe like a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did go out there and it seemed pretty decent. Like the social distancing was was pretty good. It was roughly like just one small group at each table. The tables were pretty decently separated. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I grew up going to the Oasis. That wasn't too far from where I – it was like 20 minutes from my house. So we went there all the time. We had the, the plastic cups that had the logo on it, mm-hmm. white white plastic cups with the logo on it. And But then I didn't go there for like 15, 20 years or something like that. Yeah. Went back and it looked totally different. And whenever I used to go there growing up, my dad had a friend with a boat. And so we'd always come in through the dock. And so I didn't even know, like, driving in, like, oh, you could park a car here. And so it was weird when I went there you know, as an adult uh, a few years back. But uh, I've gone to the gym the last two days. Is it like they have social distancing? You have to, like, book in advance and you have to wear gloves with fingers. <sighs> That's so rough. <laughs> and you have to walk around with a water spray bottle and wipe everything down before and after you use it. But like the first time I went there, I was literally the only person in the building still like walking up to everything, cleaning the equipment twice. Yeah. That's what I think. I'm, I'm, like out of all this, I think there's definitely been like some uh, quarantine weight gained. So I probably need to go running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see if there's uh, any other questions here. Uh, let's see. Oh, it said, when is, when is HBO max coming out? What time? Uh, it's coming out tomorrow, which is about 40 minutes or so, but it's, I guess it sounds like it's going to be 2 AM is what you're two hours and 40 minutes, 39 minutes from two hours and 39 minutes from now. Yeah. It launches. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Garth answered that there. So, um, let's see. Ben Johnson's asking, Hey Sean, how's it going? I'm doing good. And uh, Sean Chandler said, hey, Ben. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Garth. Saying, like, the movie that would be released in the theaters right now would be the Cats re-release the butthole cut. No. The alternative cut that, uh, well, no one's waiting for other than a very niche audience. I, I got to be honest. I will probably never watch that movie ever, ever, ever again. Yeah, I uh, the the press screening for it was the same day as Rise of Skywalker, and that was I think that was national across the entire United States. Yeah, everyone that's a critic had a double feature of Rise of Skywalker and Cats, and for me, I'm like I even of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, Cats was always the one that was like, what is this thing? Like maybe there's yeah. some good songs, but the plot here, I. There is isn't one. There isn't a plot, so I had no interest. I didn't think it was cinematic before we saw those crazy trailers for it and then you know of course star wars you know for my channel that's you know marvel and then star wars number two biggest stuff i was like i gotta make sure i get this trailer or my uh, my review for it right so i was like I'll, I'll just sit this one out um and i did plenty of content covering new a new star wars movie and the last one in the skywalker saga i don't need to go see cats so i never saw it and then we had all these rumors of the butthole cut and i was like man I would love to see that. That sounds like a really good new alternative <laughs> version of this film. <laughs> so my, my first thought is, is, sorry, maybe like a little innuendo here, but I'm thinking like the hashtag release the butthole cut. And you know, you're going to have that one person on Twitter that's going to forget to type the word cut. <laughs> God. And I can just see this trending. <laughs> So, uh, 
I think that would be hilarious. Uh, anyways, uh, Partis is asking, if you could run a movie theater for one night only, what two movies would you do for a double feature? Mm. It, it might be cheating, but I'm a big fan of Grindhouse. Which, I mean, I, I say cheating because Grindhouse is the two movies already built into one. I thought when that was released, was that 2007? That that was, that was fantastic that you got the two directors uh, both coming together to go and do a throwback to like your older, uh, like what Alamo Drafthouse essentially used to be type of yeah. theater. Doing those kinds of movies with the fake trailers and everything. It was so very well thought out and put together. I love that. That movie experience was fantastic. Um, so I and would there's, do that again. There's a section in that that's was shot just a block down the street from where that Alamo draft house you're talking about was at a gas mm -hmm. station. Um, like right there on 620. They're the, they mm -hmm. shot a scene there um, right around where Angry Joe lives. Yeah. Um yeah, what would I do? I don't know. I have to, I, I would try to think through what of my favorite movies have I never seen on the big screen? Um, and because I used to, my mommy, they used to show them at the Paramount. They'd show the Star Wars movies, the Star Trek movies, Indiana Jones movies at the Paramount all throughout the summer. My mom would take my sister and I to go see them. So I've seen a lot of them on the big screen at a really cool theater. I'm um, trying to think through which ones I haven't seen though. Uh, like Back to the Future and something else that like i've never like seeing that with a crowded audience that'd be amazing um yeah. i don't terminator know 2, i've never seen terminator 2 so this bizarre double feature of <laughs> back to the future and terminator 2 is my selections you know they actually they're both the time travel so there you go okay it makes total sense then yeah not bad uh me like my my two movies are not really connected whatsoever it's just personal preference uh two of my favorite movies i would love one i've seen on the th in the theater multiple times and i would never i would never argue against seeing it again which is la la land would never argue against seeing that in the theater again and then the other one is uh 12 angry men which is just probably my favorite like old school black and white movie there's just no no real reason why that needs to be on a movie theater screen necessarily other than I just love both of these movies. And so that is, that is my double feature. It makes no sense because they're not related whatsoever, but uh, I, I, I would just love to go back and just spend a day, watch those two again. Yeah. Um, you got anything else we want to do before we call it a night? Uh, so is that Jamie Williams asking, what are your thoughts on upload? I'm guessing that's the TV show. Is that or it's a, web, it's a web show? I still call it a TV show, but um, I don't know. I I, I don't watch anything it. about it. All right. Uh, <laughs> Garth is saying, "I think Dolomite is my name," and then Dolomite would be fun. <laughs> How the movie was made, and then the movie. <laughs> uh, ben Johnson asking after watching Sean's controversial movie opinions. Uh, I guess that video you did earlier. <laughs> Uh, I was wondering if you guys have any. I got. Um, I don't know if I should say it though. Someone on here said that the best Star Wars movie is Attack of the Clones, and all the other <laughs> ones are terrible. Uh, I added a little bit on there, but that Wait. was my interpretation of what you said. Oh, I didn't say the rest. Of that. Anyone that likes any of the other ones is an idiot. That's what I heard. Uh, I didn't say Attack of the Clones was number one. Uh, number one is still Return of the Jedi. Number two is Empire Strike Back. So those are still both up the top. Please oh. don't burn me at the stake. Oh, well, my interpretation was kind of close. 
controversial movie opinions. Do you think I should say mine? I feel you you know mine. The which one? Okay, maybe not. That you like La La Land? No, that's not a controversial movie opinion. It's a it's a it's a well, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh I am not as big a fan or I don't get the Godfather as much as mm. other people do. It's it, do, it doesn't hit me as, as it does a lot of other people, I should say. How dare you? I'm leaving right now. Where's <laughs> the Leafs? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't put it in my favorite trilogies list, my favorite movies list, any of the favorite franchises. And people are like, you forgot about Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and the Godfather. Why did you forget about those? I, I didn't forget about them. They do not fit on my favorites list. I get they're on yours. They're not on mine. <laughs> Why do you hate them? I did not say I hated them. I said they're not my favorites. There's a lot between here and here. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of like in the same vein as like not liking a, a very beloved classic movie. Um, mine is starts at that movie and then branches out. I'm not a fan of Citizen Kane. I just, I have a hard time connecting with that movie. And then I've come to find it's really pretty much Orson Welles. Like a lot of his movies, he's, I just had a very hard time connecting with his movies. Um, other than like, I guess the Transformers where he voiced uh, Unicron or uh, I guess if you want to call uh, Muppets Take Manhattan as an Orson Welles movie because he's in that. I mean, that's roughly about it as far as like my light, how much I like Orson Welles. Yeah. Or didn't he have to do the, uh, the uh, War of the Worlds? I believe he like narrated it or something like that. Yeah, that was kind of the big thing. His race to fame was he did this radio broadcast of War of the Worlds that was so realistic. And apparently people were dumb in the 30s and they were like, aliens are invading us. Oh, no. Like, no, it's a it's a drama. It's like a play except over the talkie box. <laughs> it's fake. Awesome. He does have a good voice, though. I, I won't fault him for that. I, I, I don't get his storytelling, really. But his voice is awesome. So, yeah. I think we got two more here we can do, and then we'll call it a night here. Uh, John Purdy asks, have you seen Ozark on Netflix? No, but I've heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. No for me. That's going to be probably on the list sometime later. I've still got to, honestly, I've still got, I'm starting Breaking Bad, and I've kind of put a pause on it. I'm going to continue watching Breaking Bad because I haven't seen it before. So that's that's going to come first before I start an, even another show. So Yeah, I as best you can just grind through that one, that's a show you want. It's because it's all ties together. It's not like one season is one story. The more you can just watch Breaking Bad in one go, the better. Because if you take like a three-month break and you try and start over, it's it's rough. So as much well, as you can just grind that one out. So what happened um, here is I, I started watching it towards like the beginning of the pandemic and I watched like the first three episodes and I was like, I've got, things are a little serious in the world right now. I've got to take a pause on this one because this is, this is some very like heavy material here. So I'll, uh, when I start feeling a little bit better about what's going on, which is actually going to be probably pretty soon since things around here are at least starting to open back up, I might actually take it back up again and try to push my way through it again just because I, I know it's, it's like one of the best series that is out there. So. Yeah, and it's fully serialized of like stuff mm -hmm. that happens in those first three episodes 
that stuff still matters when you get to the last season. See, that's just good writing. That's just yeah. good writing. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's one of those shows that they they managed to pull the whole thing off. Every episode matters. Every episode builds to the next one. And legitimately stuff that happens right there at the beginning, that the connections tied to those people that were in the RV in the first few episodes that they're mm-hmm. connected to, all that matters all the way up until what happens in the, the last season. Wow. Sean, Sean, did you watch it originally when it played out on TV or did you catch it catch up on it afterwards? I think I joined in during season four. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um then dropped it for this exact reason of like, I couldn't do the week to week and trying to all that stuff. And then I ground through the whole thing. Um, like a month or like a week before the finale. Mm. And uh, to the next question on here, my, my answer, which is the worst to you, I guess I probably want to close out on kind of will tie into that one. But um, uh, there was a different show that ended the week before that will be my pick for the worst finale ever. And then the next week was Breaking Bad and it just made Breaking Bad's finale seem, seem amazing. Yeah. And then I ground through it again leading up to uh, El Camino. So I asked that because I'm always curious. I have seen all of Breaking Bad. I haven't seen El Camino, but I've watched all of Breaking Bad. And I remember one of the things that always stuck out to me without giving anything away since my brother hasn't seen it, but they split up season five into two halves. Yeah. And I remember that last ap- episode of the first half of season five is the biggest cliffhanger. Oh my gosh, I need this to hurry up and come back episode of all of any TV show ever that I've ever seen. I don't know if you're familiar with what happens in that one. Was it the the train episode? No, this one was uh, the one. Uh, what what's uh, the brother in law? The, uh-huh. the oh, okay, got gotcha. you. Okay, gotcha. He with he the, with the book on the toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he reads the book. Yeah, and reads the book. And yeah. supposedly in real time, if you were watching this, you had to wait like a whole year. And that that's what I did. I couldn't do that. That's why I oh. season. <laughs> It's the yeah, episode it's, with the mom in the tree with the fishing rod, and she's talking to the kid. And... <laughs> well, Hank, that's right. Hank, it was Hank. But uh, yeah, that would have killed me if I had been watching that in real time. Yeah. That's what, that's what... I stopped exactly what I was doing and just went to the next episode. Just like, nope, screw it. I'm moving on. <laughs> What's well, like the show? It's like one of these phenomenons now, but it wasn't like a big hit right out of the gate. It wasn't until it kind of dropped on Netflix and people would like, watch it in these huge chunks and go through like two seasons and be like, what's going to happen? I just need to see what's going to happen next because it's a show that's not really designed to watch the story over the course of a long period of time. It works. So it's like such a bingeable show um, that it, as it goes along, it gets more bingeable and like the whole last season, you're like, Oh my goodness, this is getting so intense. Yeah. I want to, I, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really wanting to get back suckered into that thing again because I want to know, like everybody else knows, what happens in season five when the guy's on the toilet. Um, (laughs) What does he read in the book that would make for a moment that you're like, oh my gosh, I need to know what uh, happens next. So, uh, Partis, yeah, Partis asked the question, what, which is the worst TV finale, Game of Thrones or How I Met Your Mother? Here's the thing. Uh, None of us have watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> we chatted before we got on the stream. The three of us have not watched Game of Thrones. I have, I pretty much have no interest in watching it. So my answer to that between those two choices is How I Met Your Mother because 
Oof. What a fun, like I didn't watch the last four seasons of How I Met Your Mother. I just like jumped back in because mm-hmm. I'd heard like I can't believe they ended that show so bad. I was like, okay, let me. I got to see what this was. And having not watched the previous four seasons, I watched like the first three. I don't remember how many there were, but watched half the show basically, and then jumped them into the last episode. I was like, how do you so fundamentally misunderstand your own show? Oh, like, yeah, just totally misread it. It's in poor taste. Um, like the show itself had been convincing you like this shouldn't be where the, this is not what it's leading to. The whole premise of the show is one thing. And then they, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, undercut. Or even uh, the fact that it, the Bob Saget is the narrator for all these years. And then let's put, let's put old makeup on this guy instead. yeah and Uh, i wasn't even invested in the show when i was mad aj lancaster was saying the right answer is seinfeld uh that one was bad too yeah yeah i i could at least see what they were going for they they wanted to keep they had a show about nothing and they had to like find a way to like how do you have a satisfying conclusion and you wait you, you look at the show and you go oh they're all really selfish how do we make them pay for how selfish they are but then they came up with this very bizarre plot line that about Good Samaritan laws. It was like, this is a this is such an odd. What? It was an excuse to do the whole courtroom thing to where they bring back all yeah, the bring all the kids. Yeah. Okay. Weird. I mean, weird. That, that was kind of cute having that courtroom set up as a way to bring back old characters. I mean, long running TV shows, you want to bring back some of these beloved characters. That was a very, I would say genius way of doing it, but then it just, meh. Yeah. Weird. Uh, My pick uh, is uh, at the moment going to be Dexter and it's, it's the comparison game. It came, it was one week before the finale of breaking bad. And you, if you guys watch Dexter, no. I've heard yeah. a lot of things. I kind of, I kind of wanted to jump into it, but it, it's one of those ones that it's like four seasons. We're like, oh, this is great. Fifth one, I actually really like the fifth season. It just kind of goes off the rails. Um, but it's like another one of these finales that absolutely does not stick the landing. It can't commit even to its own ideas. It's like, oh, we'll finish with this, and then we'll undo that in the next scene. Like, what are you? What on earth are you guys doing? You just keep undoing it like you did you have five ideas that contradicted each other and decided to put all of them in here so i hated that one and then one week later was breaking bad and so i don't know if breaking bad actually was just one of the best finales of all time or just the simple fact that it was so much better compared to the one before that was like oh this was actually a satisfying that feels like a fitting conclusion that doesn't feel like it undermined itself it's just a good palate cleanser yeah Anyways, that's going to have to do it for tonight. Um, it's been a little over two hours, so we've had a fun time talking about movies and some TV shows as well in here. Um, thank you, Sean, for joining us uh, and giving like your insight on being a YouTuber uh, for talking about movies with us. Uh, it was blast. Uh, can't wait to help you <laughs> train for the showdown um, because I, I believe you are very capable of holding a belt at some point in the in the how, show. how crazy would that be man Whew. that'd be fun yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be a blast. Anyways, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, again, we are the Cine Fanatics. Uh, this show is the tagline. It's every Tuesday night at 9.30 Central Time. Uh, if you haven't, make sure you hit that subscribe. Give us a like because that helps with the YouTube algorithm. And again, uh, there's also the Patreon, which is up there above my brother's head. Uh, hop on our Patreon. Pick out the tier that you want to pick out that's right for you. Uh, we just did okay. a Patreon, our first Patreon watch along of Iron Man. Uh, we did that this past Saturday. It was a blast. Hop on our Patreon uh, at that $10 tier. You'll have access to it. You can still watch it and like check out our thoughts, feelings, and opinions of Iron Man as we were watching it. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again yeah. for the next one. So that's going to be a blast as well. Anyways, that's going to do it for tonight. Again, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for subscribing, liking, commenting, everything. I had so much fun. We will see you all again uh, next week. Good night, Bye -bye. all. See ya.